Welcome to the Super Kitty podcast. This is also the title of my children's book, but I found out a lot of adults are reading it too. I wrote this book to educate people and families about a recent adoption that I made. Ginger is her real name, aka Super Kitty. And this book that I self-published is on Amazon and AuthorHouse.com. So you might be asking why write such a book. Well, I wanted to raise awareness on the importance of rescuing pets and basically to provide a voice for these animals who can't speak for themselves. The book is not only from my perspective, but also from Ginger's perspective. And the reason I want to give all our followers who are going to follow us on this podcast, Super Kitty, is not only to highlight my book, but to raise money to help these nonprofits and rescue and care for animals until they find loving homes. So this will provide a voice for all those who await adoption. And I just want to point out the joy that they bring us. That's really why I wrote the book. So I'm going to be posting more videos on TikTok very soon, and you can find those under Mamasan, M-O-M-M-I-S-A-N. And just so you know, it's all PG. Well, good morning. This is Marianne Sheehan, author of Super Kitty, and I'm in the recording studio with a guest, and I'm going to let him introduce himself to our listeners. My name is Ben Gordon, 38 and new to Jacksonville. Welcome to Jacksonville. I met Ben in my complex about two weeks ago. I was coming from the gym and I saw a gentleman with what looked to me like a pit bull. And I, I stopped and petted the dog and met Ben and I was informed that it is not a pit bull. Tell us about this pet that you rescued? So I rescued Hank, who is an English pointer slash pit mix. So back in the day, his job was to flush out game. So they would essentially send him in and flush out the quail, but he's not a retriever. So he'd basically just go in, flush out the game, and then come back. Okay. And so where did you adopt him from? I adopted him from Safe Pet Sanctuary in St. Augustine. And what had you go to St. Augustine and adopt a dog? Well, I went to a few uh, different places before. So I went down, like downtown Jacksonville, went to the Humane Society. And it took me a little while to meet some people So down here. So I really wanted to kind of go down and just spend time, you know, with the pets. And, you know, I, I love dogs. So I pretty much visited every sanctuary, like within my radius, and um, a year ago, I found a great dog, and they let you take them out, which is really good. So I took him out, and I remember, I'll never forget Marianne. I remember, like, the leash kind of broke, and he didn't run off. He literally just sat there. I didn't take him that day because I wasn't ready. I feel kind of bad about it. But, again, it kind of put in my head that this is where I want to get a dog from. And it's a cool shop, too. I mean, it's an antique shop. It's got a kennel in the back. So, yeah, safe. Oh, great. So now you have a new companion, yep. Hank. And how is Hank acclimating from being moved from his sanctuary to your sanctuary? Oh, he's doing great. Like I said, he's very docile. He's very calm. So I went with an older dog. I'm new to having a dog on my own. So I didn't really want a puppy uh, because I work and I wouldn't have been able to spend the amount of time to train it. So I wanted an older dog and he's very uh, relaxed. You know, he sits on the couch with me. I think he's still kind of getting used to being outside. A lot. I think he's used to being around other people, but I haven't had one problem with him. He listens. He's very obedient. He's very, very sweet. He's like the nicest dog. So in terms of having a first-time dog, 
like especially a shelter dog, I, I feel like I lucked out. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure the dog feels like he lucked out too. I, I hope so. You know, I, I take pride in, you know, giving him a good home. So do you know how long he was at the shelter? He was there for four years and his owners before you can kind of tell. So if I'm watching something on my phone, even with my headphones on, you know, if it's like a movie, if it's like an action movie, you can tell that he kind of clams up. So you can tell he, he's been through some things. I reassure him that's okay. So I had to go to Publix. And when I came back, he was literally perched by the door. I think he has separation anxiety. I think he thinks I'm going to I'm gonna leave him. So, it's, I mean, it's adorable. And I think it's all behavior that will pass. I'm very patient with him. Yeah. So, he's great. You know, it's interesting to hear because, you know, the book is about a cat. But it's really to heighten awareness for people on the importance of adopting yeah. pets that can't speak for themselves. Absolutely. And even with my cat, Ginger, when I leave... She's always at the window on the lookout for when I return, even if it's like a bike ride. I usually do a two-hour bike ride. Yeah. And she's just so excited because we forget that we're their companions now. It's a new companion for you, and all of a sudden, after four years, this dog is living with you. And how long have you had the dog? It's been about two weeks. Yeah. He was basically just in a cage. And you thrust him into this world where it's just like, yeah. you know, all of a sudden he can go out and, you know, he, he gets some lovings, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I let yeah. him, I let him sleep in my bed the first couple of days. I'm really trying to like acclimate him more to like his dog bed that I bought. You know, I let him sleep in my bed the first, you know, couple of nights. He can hop up on the couch and he just puts his head down on my leg. So whether it's a sheltered cat or a sheltered dog, I feel like they're going from one extreme environment to, I mean, which can be another one. He's seeing everything for the first time, and he loves squirrels. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's what my cat has in common with your dog, Hank. She also loves lizards. I mean, she yeah. just can't get enough. But you, you said something very interesting. So they're going from one environment to the other that they really can't control. And as owners, our job is really to make them feel at home. I know that you said that you let them sleep with you the first couple nights. Yeah. I had a kitten, so that wasn't going to happen. I needed to train the kitten, so my door is closed. Yeah. And my cat will wait outside the door and not meow until she hears my feet hit the ground. And for a three-month-old cat, that was pretty good. Now that she's a, a year and three months, what I've really noticed is that she's very comfortable, very secure, and she has her own routine at night. And they're very active. So that's the little difference between dogs and cats. But some people might be wondering now in the middle of this, why are we interviewing somebody who's adopted a dog? And for me, it's very important. All types of people listen to this because there's so many pets that need a good home. Yeah. I recently interviewed a person that worked at the Jacksonville Humane Society. And one of the things that she said was that they give each dog a walk three times a day. That's their minimum. And that takes a lot of manpower yeah. behind the scenes. But So tell me a little bit more about Hank when you take him out, what his reaction is if you're just walking like through the complex. He's very good. He's very calm. 
I think for a new pet owner, I think for any pet owner, um, especially if, if it's like a shelter dog or shelter cat, I think one of the most important things that you need to do at least is you need to anticipate everything. He's seeing people for the first time. He's seeing squirrels for the first time. He's seeing other dogs. I remember we went to this place called Cruisers and they like let you have dogs. I let him off the leash and, um, you know, he was playing with another dog. So he, he was totally fine. He's very good. He listens to commands. I'm not really into the whole corporal like punishment thing. So I don't like slap him on the nose or anything. I just tell him, Hank, you know, Hankness, just calm down. And he and he does, and he's he's totally fine. He comes right back. My mom came in, and she opened the door, and Hank ran out. And I just said, Hank, come back. And he just walked right back. Yeah. So It's all new for him. Yeah. So what I hear is that, you know, he's trying to navigate, and he's going to encounter other people, yeah. other pets, squirrels, birds, whatever. But he's a listener, so he's already listened. And one of the people that I interviewed who owns the caffeinated cat, Said the same thing for cats. It's the tone of voice that you use yeah. that gets their attention. And you point. You just say, no. My cat understands that. She's teething and trying to bite all the time. And it's like, no. I don't need to say it more than once because it's the tone of voice. And they're very alert and they get it. One of the things that I'm interested in, too, is that you've had him for two weeks and he's coming from a rescue sanctuary where he was there for four years. So it's a whole new environment for him does he stick real close to you is he like worried that you're gonna like leave him what's his behavior like with that when you leave the house he's a snuggler he he stays and like and it's perfect because i am too you know he stays very close to me if i go over like i have this nice chair that i like to sit in and i can charge my phone and kind of watch my movies and he'll come over and he'll literally just he'll be perched right next to me maybe like two weeks ago i got really sick i think it was a 24-hour thing but Hankness, you know, I, I feel like he just instinctively knew. And he got in bed, and he just kind of snuggled up next to me. It was the weirdest thing. I think it was just a 24-hour thing. but And then he got out of bed, and then he literally just sat right next to my bed all night. I took him out a couple of times before, so I think he was fine, but I physically couldn't, like, take him out. And he was very cool about it. He, he didn't whine. He doesn't bark. He, he whines a little bit when he wants to go out. But he was very cool about it. Like, I felt bad because obviously I wanted to take him out and I wanted to give him some fresh water. But physically, I just, I had to stay in bed. I just wonder, you know, with a cat, I don't have that luxury of opening the door and thinking she'll just lay down with me. She wants to play and bite. And if the blanket moves, you know, it's all over. So hence the door has to be closed. And, you know, if you do get sick, I think that they have that innate ability to really sense it and to provide that, yeah, that comfort. Now, cats are a little different. Ginger will cozy up to me at night, but it's got to be on her terms. You go to grab her. She's not going to stay with you. When she comes in, she's ready to have a half-hour petting session, and she'll just chill out and sleep. But they're a little bit different. And, you know, their diets are different. I didn't realize this, but actually cats need a lot more protein. So by doing these interviews, I've learned an awful lot, and I've been a cat owner my entire life. So let me ask you this, because... I think the real benefit for our listeners and for ourselves is the benefits that we've reaped from adopting a rescue pet. So what benefits do you see that it's having for you, whether it's uh, physical or uh, mental? Just talk about that a little bit. So when I first came down here about two years ago, so 
I'm a software engineer, but I had kind of a rough uh, transition. Plus, it was tough with COVID and everything. So, you know, I met a couple of friends at the skate park because I grew up skateboarding, but all of them are a lot younger than me. So it was just kind of a rough transition. And like I said, I've been thinking about getting a pet for about a year. I just want to make sure that I was ready. So I think the benefits for me, it's just nice having a companion. It's nice waking up in the morning and have some added responsibility. I've been going outside a lot more. I mean, I met you. I mean, I've been, I've been meeting my neighbors, so I kind of have a tendency to kind of shut myself in, and um, it actually did get pretty bad to the point where I told myself, like, wouldn't it be, just be nice to have a dog and, like, just take him out and, you know, have some added, you know, responsibility, like feeding him and taking care of him, and, you know, you take care of him, he's going to take care of you, so uh, he's just my buddy. What, what I hear you saying underneath that is that this dog is providing you with some companionship. Yeah, yeah. But also, it takes the focus off how you're doing as an individual because now you've got this pet that you're caring for. And so the symbiosis here is that you're probably getting more from this pet rescue than the pet is. I would absolutely agree. It's nice to wake up and just have Hank. Just, you know, it's actually kind of funny. I wanted to mention, too, we kind of like play fight. So he's starting to loosen up a little bit, and that's fun for me just to kind of have a buddy like that so it's so funny that you mentioned that because little ginger loves when i chase her at night i have this routine you know i'll floss my teeth and i'll brush them and she'll be (laughs) waiting outside the door and then i'll kind of go sideways on her and she loves that they want to interact with you and cats are nocturnal so i have to do a little bit of that so that once i'm ready to go she's distracted and i can close that door (laughs) oh hankness Man, I'm telling you, he's not nocturnal. It's actually, it's it's hilarious. He he snores very loud, and it's very funny. I sent a video of it to my my brother-in-law the other day, and he's just like, "Is he? Is that you or him?" And I was like, "That's him." Yeah. And it's actually one one more thing I wanna I wanna mention. He has nightmares, so that's why I've been really good just trying to slow him down. Because I remember one night he was like shaking, and then I remember he uh, he actually growled. He was dead asleep, fast asleep. And then he actually growled. That's why I'm not trying to rush him with anything. Because since I've had him, he's like just the sweetest boy. But when I heard him growl like that, I just gave him a space. And, you know, he woke up and he was fine. But I think he went through some pretty serious stuff before he moved in. And it's so important that you brought that up because this is the whole point of this podcast and interviewing people. Uh, We don't know what these pets have been through. I don't know. When I found... Ginger at the caffeinated cat, she was eight weeks and they only take in rescues. You can't drop a cat off or anything like that. Yeah. Basically, they had her probably since she was six weeks, no mother, you know, around older cats in a secure place in a sunroom, but with people coming in and petting them. And I think that was the beauty about the caffeinated cat is that they encourage people to come in and it's really like pet therapy for people who can't have a pet. They go in, they'll volunteer their time, they'll donate some services. And so I really wanted to highlight today the benefits that these pets, whether it's a dog or a cat or whatever you choose, really have on us. And so I wanted to ask you, just dig a little deeper into what you've noticed about the effect that this dog has had on you just in the first two weeks. You know, I've been going out a lot more. I've I've met my neighbors. I have, you know, a companion. I have a buddy. And it's it just makes me feel good. So here we think we're going in, we're going to, like, save a pet. And what really happens is they're saving us. Exactly. 
he definitely saved me. I, I, I kind of hit a rough patch. So I used to go down to the Humane Society and I used to play with them because it made me feel good. I like the connection I have with, with animals. So the reason why I like that, that place in St. Augustine, I think it's called Safe, is because they let you actually take the dog out. And I think that's really important. So, yeah, I saved him, I guess, but he definitely saved me. And I know there's a lot of people out there that would like to adopt a pet, but they're just hesitant to do that. I know that a lot of these shelters and rescue places will allow people to take a pet home over the weekend to see if it works out. And if it doesn't, they can come back and switch out the pet. And I think it's a beautiful thing that there's no guilt or shame put on. It just may not be a good match in the home. So there's all sorts of things that can be done. And what they really try to avoid is that somebody takes a pet and then doesn't want it and they have to surrender it. And that's never the goal. You know, it's always to find a really good home and a really good match for both the owner and the pet. I think that's what I was most hesitant about. I think that's why it took me so long because I didn't want it to be an impulse. Like these dogs have been through a lot. So I didn't want to just be like, oh, I want to go get a dog and then have them come home and have them like bite my neighbor's cat or something like that, and then I have to re- return him. I mean, the minute Hank came in, I was just like, that, that's it. That's him. Like, I, I knew it right away. They let me take him out. He was by my side the entire time. And, you know, I think it's good that a lot of shelters will let you take a pet home to see if it works because, you know, I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, there's no shame in that. I think there's more shame when you don't do it that way and you yeah. have to find a new home. I see on some of the apps like Neighbor that, people will move and get an apartment where they can't have the dog or the cat. And it's really heartbreaking because this pet is bonded for many years with a person. And now because they're moving, they've got to find a new home and it's nearly impossible. And really, I don't want to shame people or anything, but when we adopt, we have to really think about what is the actual reason for this adoption? Yeah. And is it a lifelong adoption. What advice do you have for those who may be thinking about adopting a cat or a dog? I would say just think about the reason what you're doing it for and just make sure that it's a good fit. And like I said, I mean, it took me about a year. You know, I really, really thought about it. Last year, I was just like, you know, I'd love a dog, but I don't know if I can take care of him because of work. And then this year, I'm just like, you know what, things are starting to balance out. I could use a pet, but I, I really think that you need to just be patient with it. And I think you really need to think about what you're doing it for. I wanted to have like a buddy. I wanted to have like a companion around the house, you know, and it got to a point where I was just like, you know what? I think I'm ready. So if you see a dog that you really love, you know, and you think it's going to work out, take him outside, play with him, and just take your time, be patient and just really like admit to yourself why you're doing it. I think it's really important because I think people rush into it. Yeah. I think it's going to be I didn't great. want it to be an impulse. And it's going to be easy, and this will be great for me. And what I'm hearing is you say that it's really got to be more about the readiness for you as the owner. Yeah. And also to take into account what the dog has been through. Yeah. And after four years of living a certain life, it's going to take time for the pet to really acclimate to a new environment. Especially if you're going to get a shelter dog or shelter cat, I think what you need to take into account is you need to understand what these animals have been through. Some of them right off the street. I mean, Hankness, I, I call him Hankness. I just think it's funny. But Hank was in an abusive home before. So I think if you get like an animal that's been abused, you really have to take that into account and you just have to be ready for it. So that's why I think it's important for it not to be an impulse because with me, when I went in there, I'm just like, I, I want this dog. But then I told myself, 
I was just like, you're not ready for this. You're not ready for that responsibility. And I told myself that. So this time, I was just like, you know what? I'm ready to take that responsibility. So, I mean, that's that's just what I think. So when I got my cat, when I picked her out, my daughter was with me. And, and I said, I think this is the one. And she said, are you sure you want a kitten? The last cat had, Spanky had lived to be 19 years and eight months. And it was a great companionship. It took me a while to get over but little Ginger, I think I was ready for. And I have that tendency to want to nurture. And I was also under construction. So it gave me the idea to write the book with her sitting in my lap and emulating my fingers on the keyboard. So then I had to keep move, inching her up, up to almost to my shoulder. Yeah. Because she wants to be part of everything that I'm doing. It's all interactive with the cat. Yeah, she's a muse. Yeah. So she thinks whatever she does is going to amuse me, right? Like yeah. jump on the dining room table. And so I have the squirt bottle. <laughs> now I don't even have to squirt it. I just go. Ch-ch. Have you put anything like that into practice about training him? And are there some areas that are off limits for him? No, not really. I mean, he's very, very good. I can have a very commanding timber, I guess, like in my voice when I'm serious with him. You know, if I'm just like, no, stop. Yeah. He'll sit right down. Yeah. Well, it's not too different from having children. Yeah. (laughs) They know. And comparing a cat to a dog is a little bit difficult because cats are very active. They jump. They like to be up high. Whereas a dog is not going to be jumping on your dining room table. At least I hope not, especially when you're eating dinner. But cats may do that. So the um, little... Uh, spray bottle works wonders. Yeah. But so does positive reinforcement Absolutely. and tension and combing her. And I take her out. She's leash and harness trained and she loves it. So she likes to have the rule of the roost. So I'm going on vacation. <laughs> and so yesterday I went to my friend's to acclimate her and all she did was hiss at the two dogs and they're just they had no clue what to do. But she's gonna want her little cat condo where she can be up high and watch from on high (laughs) yeah but she didn't have that yesterday so it was very interesting and it was a wrestling match to get her into the carrier and i used the spray i had learned from a previous interview to spray and calm her down but anytime you change the environment and you thrust them into a bag it's like a wrestling match and then you take them out to a new place it's a lot of anxiety for the pet so i'm trying to do this like three or four times before we make the move. I'll be gone six days. It's like <laughs> two weeks out. <laughs> I only use positive reinforcement with Hank. You know, I, I really want to make sure that he knows he's being loved and he's being taken care of. But I, I talk to him. I talk to my dog. You know, every time I leave, I get a kiss on the head and I just tell him I'm going to be back. And he just hops on the couch and he's he'll probably be fast asleep when I get home. And I don't think that you're much different from other people. We all talk to our pets and we use, I use a baby voice, you know, you're my baby and, you know, build them up and they love it. And they know that voice. But when you are going to discipline them, the no and the point is really important. I I snap. Yeah. Like what, like when I, when I snap, he knows I mean business. But like I said, we haven't, there's, there's really been no altercations at all. So, so have you thought like, if you do go on vacation or you can't take him with you, how you would, um, care for him in your absence i would like to maybe try and take him to a kennel i think he'd be fine so yeah i mean obviously i can't just leave him you know in the house for a week i just absolutely reassure him that i'm going to be back and i I think he knows i I will be i know we love our pets and and i used to be able to go and travel and this is when i lived in chicago and i could leave the cats alone and give them plenty of water and leave extra litter and have a neighbor come and check on them but really 
I never really thought about it till recently that they really miss that interaction and they don't have anything then if you're leaving them at home. So this is why I'm going to be, you know, having my neighbor take Ginger in and Ginger has all her stuff down there and she's had the four little trips so that it's easier and more comfortable for her. And she knows that I'm not leaving forever. Yeah. I take care of my neighbor's dog. Yeah. I did for a year. Whenever, I mean, she's, remember she left for like two weeks and she was like, can you like watch my dog? I'm like, of course. Yeah. And with dogs, you do have to take them out. It's a little bit different with a cat. If it's raining, you know, you're good. So as we wrap this up, if you were to look back over the last two weeks, it's clear to me that you made a good decision. And what I've noticed just from your affect and and looking at you is that you're completely transformed (laughs) from that first day when you got that dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I can see there's a calmness with you. I don't know. It just maybe, maybe it's just me. No, I mean, if you knew me six months ago, I was very different. So like I said, it's nice being able to go back and just have something just love you. Yeah. And I guess to wrap it up, that's really, you know, what it's all about. Yeah. So the benefits that you've reaped are, if you had to name them, what would you say? Growth, hmm. compassion, companionship. You know, I feel like that there's... Another level of love. A real connection. A real yeah. connection. Yeah. And when I hear you use some of those words, it's like, it's really empowered you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it let me know that I, I could do it. But one of the reasons why I stalled, is I thought my parents were going to kill me. I thought my I thought my whole family, I thought they were going to kill me. I thought they were going to be like, are you kidding me? And, you know, I came back and I took a picture of me and Hank and I sent it over the fam chat and I was like, I don't care. And so, what was their reaction? And they loved it. They, yeah. they loved him. My mom loves him. She's not really a dog person, but speaking of empowerment, you know, it felt good to just be like, I made a decision and I felt like it was a good one and he's my buddy. And that's saying something if your mom likes him and she's not a dog person. I thought she was going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think when people say they're not dog persons, a, a cat is easy because you don't have to go out and you don't have to do yeah. all those things. It's, I think a, a dog, you have to, it's required that you walk them a couple times a day they need this stretch. You know, they need to get out of the confined space. Yeah. So, well, Ben, is there any last uh, words you'd like to encourage the listening public? When it's right, it's right. So take your time with it. Be patient. And yeah, that's about it. So tell us one more time the yeah. name of the place where you adopted him from. I believe it's called Safe Rescue. It's in St. Augustine. It's deep in St. Augustine. It's about an hour away. Um But like I said, it's like an antique store plus like a kennel. So super nice people, you know, didn't give me a hard time at all. So I would check it out. Okay, great. So far, we've interviewed someone from the Jacksonville Humane Society, Tammy, who is the owner of the Caffeinated Cat in Jack's Beach. And there's so many places. So I'm hoping that the next interview kind of wraps it all up for our first podcast. But I appreciate you taking the time and sharing with our listening public the benefits that you've reaped with Hank. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You can show your appreciation for this podcast and the education that we're providing. You can donate by using the free app, Buy Me a Cup of Coffee. My handle is one, it's the number, one, and then the word Super Kitty. And every donation will support these nonprofits. Each cup of coffee is $3, and you can buy one, or you can buy up to five. And also you can find my book, Super Kitty, on Amazon and Author House.